I did something incredibly stupid as I was making the tea, though. Sounds about right. <laughs> what do you sounds about right? How rude. Uh, tea. <laughs> I um, I went to. I got the milk out of the fridge, and then yeah. I put it into the tea, and then I picked up the kettle, and I put the kettle back in the fridge when I was done with it, rather than the milk. Cool. So shit. You you are sick. That's that's where my brain fog's at right now with the COVID. You really are sick. Tony, g'day. Mark, kia ora. We're not in my house. We're not at your house. I'm not allowed at your house. I know, we're like star-crossed lovers that just can't reunite. It's it's a sad state of affairs, mate. How's your COVID going? Oh, mate, I've gone from feeling like absolute dog's balls just to feeling like one drooping dog nut. So like it's still dogs, still dogs balls, but not quite as bad as it was. Okay, so you're getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're pretty late to the COVID party, man. Yeah, yeah, really late to it. I wanted to do it before, like when everyone, when it was cool. I don't like to do things, you know. I like to wait till it's a little bit ironic. You're proper hipster, huh? Yeah, 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 proper hipster. Nice. But despite your COVID, did you watch some uh, some rugby at the weekend, mate? Rugby, the the, I, would, I did watch a bit of the Oval Ball Codes, uh, both Rugby Union and Rugby League. I haven't been able to do much else. Okay. Uh, yeah, but oh my God, this, but I feel like a lot has happened. This is our first one in two weeks. Last week I was sick, not with COVID, I had a flu. That's and my right. partner had My partner had COVID. And now, um, so, but a lot's happened. The Queen passed away since we That's last right. spoke. That's right. My gosh, it was the crazy. It's turning itself on its head. So, um, uh, yeah, it is. I've actually, it's weird. It's a sad thing the Queen passed away, but my most famous person I've ever met in my life just got a promotion, though. Who's that? Believe it or not, I have met old Chucky boy, King Charles. Oh, oh okay. I, I should have seen that coming. Right. When did you meet Charles? I met him in 2002 at a small rural um, boys' school called Brymore. Um, and he made a, made a request to meet the Gap students because we were I was on a Gap year. Okay. His boys, um, William and Harry, were doing Gaps at the time, and right, yeah, we had a chat, chatted for about five minutes. Yeah, he was a nice guy. Okay, can honestly say I've never met any of the royal family. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not, it's a rare one, isn't it? It is. Who's the most famous person you've met, Mark? Have I even met anybody remotely famous? I mean, I'm talking about meeting Mark Ellis. That's a bit sad. <laughs> when I cleaned his car, and the old rubber dub car wash. Have you seen? Uh, have, you, have you seen? Um, have you seen Lord of the Rings? I have seen Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Do you remember there was a guy at um, Bilbo Baggins's party, and his surname uh, was um, Proudfoot, and he gave Bilbo oh, Baggins right. a bit of shit. That guy came into the service station I used to work at. <laughs> You're really clutching. So he, basically an extra from Lord of the Rings came into your service He had station. a line, okay? He had a line. He wasn't All just right. an extra. He had a line. But um, yeah, well, he, he must have been pretty proud of that because he stayed in the service station for about 10 minutes talking just, about like the filming and how Peter Jackson was oh, awesome. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What was his line? Because yeah. I am a big sort of Lord of the Rings fan. The Proudfoots. They so yell Proudfoots. Yeah. I was rattling off all the like the welcoming to all the different like yeah yeah hobbits like Yubbubbers yeah. and Bagginses and whoever. And he says like and Proudfoots. And the guy corrects him and goes Proud feet. I think that's his line. That guy. It's, he's an extra. That's an extra. Bro. He's a I think what he's they call also that, been looking kind of grumpy when Gandalf sets off some fireworks. Yeah, I'd say he's a uh, what they call a featured extra. So there you go, a featured. I think Mark Allister takes the cake on that. Right. You know, I was actually far more nervous meeting, um, you know, Savage from yeah uh, from the Decepticons and other yeah. the various New yeah. Zealand rap acts than meeting yeah. um, Prince Charles. I remember mm. I met uh, Savage in a queue for the movies, and I fully was like, oh. Savage. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the amazing thing about Prince Charles is he, oh, King Charles now, incredibly mm. amazing at making you feel comfortable. Like, I guess he's had a lot of practice at small talk. Yeah, he was, very, I, I thought he was going to be a bit of a dick, but um, right. 
It was actually really lovely. Really, okay. really lovely. And I'm not a royalist at all. Right. Okay. Mm. Here we go. How about that? The royal family like rugby. Yeah, William and um, Harry are big rugby men, rugby men, aren't they? What do you think they would have made of uh, Argentina against South Africa? I want to start with that one because right. I feel like we're going to go down a bit of a rabbit hole with the other one. So Argentina, yeah. South Africa, obviously it's over in Argentina. It's about as mm. dominant a first half as you'll see from the Springboks. But hey, there's a big old comeback from the Pumas just when you think they're going to get it done. The, the box snatched back that bonus point to keep the rugby championship alive. It was all a bit deflating to watch from an Argentinian perspective. Mm. Um, I felt it was pretty frustrating. Like the amount of times they created like an overlap out wide or had a bit of space, but just a loose pass or just clean drop ball. And you, it was pretty evident within, you think they would have given that a lot of attention during, mm. since the All Black game, where it was really, really prevalent, and especially in that second test, just so much mm. drop ball. And like, the conditions were far better than they were. Was it Christchurch when they dropped all that ball? That's right. It, um, Hamilton. Hamilton. So, yeah, just like, they seem like they're doing some really good things up front. They're making, they're doing, they're putting men into space. They're doing a lot of really interesting things. But just, just catch and pass, just those fundamentals. Like, yeah. great all-black teams of the past. You, I remember Sonny Bill Williams came across from league, and they said, and he said, what do you, been, what do you think of the all-black training? And he was like, all we do is just catch and pass. Like, he said, it's been really good, but he said, I didn't even know how to – upon reflection, he was like, I don't think I really knew how to pass the ball before I started training with the all-blacks. Like, just catch, pass, catch, pass, catch, pass, and just drilling it and drilling it and drilling it and drilling it again. So when in those moments where – it's on. It's just it just happens because you've done it just thousands and thousands of times. Yeah, yeah, hundred mm. percent. But no, it was it was a pretty good game to watch. It's really interesting. It was great to watch um, the South Africa, you know, the Argentinians come back into it, and the crowd got so excited. And then just all the just as the crowd got like feverish, just like so riled up, and like you know, the, there was a wave of emotion. Like that's when it absolutely just got deflating for them. Eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was. It was pretty sad. It was, it was, but when I, I was like, um, it, was, it reminded me a lot of when I lost my virginity, if I'm being completely honest, you know, a all lot of excitement, all the build oh, yeah. up, huge amount of anticipation, and then just over in a flash. And, you know, the air was let out of the stars very, very quickly. And um, everyone walks away pretty disappointed, unless they're a South African. <laughs> Although there was no big South African man storming over some grass, though, I take it. No, 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 no. There were no sort of turnovers at the breakdown. My old man there. Malcolm Marks is putting his hand up as potentially the best hooker in the world. There's a few good ones. I mean, the French, the Irish have got some, you know, some good player guys in that position. Tokyo, who's doing all right for the All Blacks, but Malcolm Marks, he's in a rich oh. vein of form. Oh, I, uh, it's hard to when he's on form. He's been the most valuable player on the field a number of times, and he played a whole eighty minutes, didn't he, in the weekend? Yeah. Have they even, because I know they've lost their man Dweber. Well, they haven't lost him. They've decided not to select him anymore. And Manumbi, I always get his name wrong, is Mbunumbi, out of yeah. actual injury. Have they, did they have a second choice hooker on the bench? They had Dion Ferry, who used to be a hooker back when he played Super Rugby. We're talking pre 2018 17. But All then right. he kind of became a loose forward over the course of his career like he's not played regular hooker since i think 2017 so he so was there it, as the backup right. hooker but he came on and just packed down in the loose so in case of injury basically basically yeah he can do it in a pinch but that's not been his regular position for a long time and i mean he's been playing uh for his club in in south africa really well as a lucy like he's getting turnovers yeah. like crazy so yeah no but he's a freak man he's a freak like i know we um we talk a lot about lakan yuam being the best mm -hmm. player in the world right now malcolm marx is putting himself into that conversation two south africans number one and two for me right now um yeah just an absolute freak out there and just uh, have you ever seen a more imposing physical specimen he's like just an absolute brick shit house, really isn't he he's, he's, he's a big unit he's a, yeah he's a big unit he's uncompromising eh? And you can call a male in this case a big unit. Do we have I got some support for calling the women the big units as well? So I still think I'm safe to go with big unit. Big unit, yeah, fair enough. I just realized I'm right. not plugged in on the Ethernet cable. Maybe I'll just do that just in case. It's okay, man. I'm on Wi Fi. Just gonna take a short break. Wi Fi.
Wi-Fi is um, pretty notoriously unreliable. Seems to be doing all right. I don't think I actually have a Ethernet cable. Anyway. Is your computer on Wi-Fi? Hmm. Oh, brave man. I'm on the Wifley. So there's a moment of high drama here. I have just smashed my tea into my microphone, taking out my microphone completely. Mark is totally unaware. Let's see how this high drama moment's gonna play out. Argentinian bench though, in terms of like what we're used to seeing from the South Africans, it's that kind of big impact from their bench, but this time, I smacked the T into it and... Oh okay. shit, you're, you're on a different microphone now. There. I'll plug it back in. Now you're on the right microphone. Can you hear me? Yeah. Whew. That was some intense stuff. Thanks for hanging in there with us. Okay, yeah, yeah, sorry about that. I <laughs> I smacked my T right into <laughs> the microphone. So we're... Roger, we've swapped the um, bears for teas today. We're not shooting this at night, actually during the day. Yeah. Yeah, because you've got COVID. Because <laughs> I've got COVID. Yeah, that's right. What's on your um what's on your mug? Let's compare mugs. Oh, the all blacks. I've got um Space that's my cat. cat. That's my cat. Nice. I made that little image there. You made that? that? Yeah, my wife got this for me for like Father's Day or something a few years ago. Rugby makes me happy. How about that? You really commit to the rugby love a bit, don't you? Bro, you really what can it. I say? My wife, she she knows how to keep me happy. All right. Are we getting into the boudoir? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so, rugby. Okay, sorry. I thought we were uh, Mark and Tony's sex chat. That's what <laughs> this is going to turn into. Argentina. Their bench yes. had some pretty good impact, man. It was almost like they had their own version of the bomb squad. These guys come on and um, I thought started bossing the game around. I mean, yeah. they still had to deal with what was a pretty suffocating Springbok defense, but they certainly went from being nowhere in the first half to, you know, showing um, the Springboks that they're not just going to roll over. Was it 22? They got it back to 22-20 or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. What went wrong in those last 10 minutes, basically? Was it like last 10 to 12 minutes when it bought 36 20? Was that the end score? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Springboks just started playing. They got some ball, they got some go forward, and they, I don't know, they were playing with some real freedom at the end, like Malcolm Marksy, man, out in the midfield and, you know, playing a wee one two with his winger and stuff. It was, it was a thing of beauty, wasn't it? It's going to be interesting to see what that means for uh, next week because for the box to be in any sort of um, contention for the rugby championship, they're going to, number one, really be chasing that bonus point. Number two, potentially having to go for a really, really big points differential, points which difference, would, yeah. would actually be sort of counterintuitive to their normal you know, their normal style of play, which is just squeezing the crap out of teams. Um, they might have to put that in the, sh in the cupboard for a little bit and just throw it about, see what happens. It's going to be interesting as well because they're having a bit of a crisis at 10 because Pollard's out kind of oh, long-term. Wow. Willems have got an, uh, an HIA, so he's going to be unavailable. And then oh, uh, our man it. out in Yankees has been... Um, now, yeah. now this is the time for Tony and, and Mark's sex chat. <laughs> it's like a game yeah. of Pluto, you know? Out in Yankees in the, in the hotel room with the dietitian. With the dietitian, with the uh, twelve-inch black dildo, that's, that's... <laughs> um, yeah. Basically, I feel sorry for him. Look, we make jokes and all that sort of stuff, but the guy's got two kids at home and he's got a wife and all that sort of jazz. Yeah. And like, you know, cheating on your wife and all that sort of thing is—it's a, a terrible thing to do. And like, I'm sure it's dramatic enough. I've been through a divorce. No one involved was nobody cheated on anyone else, but it was hard enough. Yeah. And they, you know, there wasn't like international scrutiny on what was right. actually going on. So I really, really feel for his wife and his kids and all those That's sorts right. of things. The, the turmoil that they must be going through emotionally is that that I can't really even imagine. Just as someone who's been through a divorce and kind of knows the stress that is involved with that. But then to pile all that other crap on top of it. It's just really nasty stuff. Really, yeah. really. I mean, he's stuff. far from the first rugby player to make an off 
off-field mistakes. No, I mean, no. the All Blacks have got guys with domestic violence. They got Aaron yes. Smith was doing similar stuff. I mean, he wasn't married, but you know, he was having a wee and liaison in the bathroom. Yeah. So, I mean, I think. I mean, we talked about James Slipper, and I read yeah. something like apparently Bongi and Bonambi's got like child support stuff. I mean, I don't really care about that kind of stuff too mm. much. But like I said, he's Elton's not the first guy to you know. No, he's not. It's in. Tr intensely intensely damaging emotionally and, and mentally for these people and um mm. it's hard to like we just read about it in the papers and make some jokes and all that sort of stuff mm. about it but i don't know I, I somehow feel for them in, in some respects like people make mistakes and they do dumb things and all that sort of stuff but just to have it all play out publicly like That's for right. it not to play out publicly it would be and horrible uh but it just must be a level of uh, I don't know. I can't imagine what that must feel like. It must be absolutely horrible. But I mean, uh, does that mean his Springboks career is done? No. Nah, they have him back. Well, I, I mean, think he's barely he... in the team on like form anyway. He's not got the form, but he's 32. Is this like the final nail in the Elton coffin? Because he's kind of just been there as the backup for a long time. Mm. He hasn't been playing well. He hasn't no. been playing well. He's not been playing much at all. I think he was injured for ages, came into the spring box, looked rusty, which was to yeah. be expected because he hadn't played any games. Yeah, 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 yeah. He looks very rusty. I can't really think of him doing anything this year well. You know, any plays yeah. or any kicks where you're like, oh, that was good, Elton. But um, no, I think this could potentially be it, or it could be one of those incredible rocky like performances that he you know we're in the middle we're in that point of the movie where everything's fallen apart the whole world's against him and then we fast forward to the miracle ending where he's getting a kick to win the world cup in yeah. 2023 in france you never know you, know, you never they like sports interesting isn't it like the massive highs massive lows and we might just be in the low period before he builds back up or he might just that they could be calling it time and he maybe just see out the rest of his career in japan or something like that just make yeah. it a bit again well i mean just you you mentioned that like i mean here in new zealand the the story of stephen donald's a pretty famous one you know he's oh, yeah. he goes from the, the backup guy to dan carter which is yeah. already pretty big shoes to fill and then um mucks up in uh in letters like hong, hong. hong kong basically yeah. is blamed solely for the loss Becomes Didn't public kick it out. number one, talkback radio, which was probably bigger than it was now, like kind of like social media is now, just yeah. hounding him. He's awful. And then he drops to our fourth choice guy. And like you say, man, kick to win the World Cup. So it can happen. It. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a funny old thing, sport sometimes, you know, like, and that's, that's what we love about it. But then it's also cruel. You know, there are times where people deserve to get what amazing outcomes and, and deserve to get that moment of glory just but just never get it you know so it's 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 just one of those things but and also the other thing that's been happening with the south africans i'm not sure if you've heard about this but um the allegations of drug use recreational drug use yeah i did see i didn't actually read the whole article i saw the headline and then i saw there was another headline from the springboks oh. camp basically denying it so a little bit of cocaine kate apparently on the that's scene that's what they reckon that's the accusation anyway but yeah I don't know. Isn't that one that doesn't stay in your system that long? So it's kind of hard to pick up. Yeah, I'm, I'm freaking high as a kite on coke right now. So um, I've got a drug test tomorrow. So I think it's going to be out of my system by then. Good man. Keep yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep myself clear. Absolutely. No, I don't know. I don't know how what how long it stays in the blood system or anything like that. But yeah, who knows? Eh? Who knows? Yeah, but so anyway, it was, a, it was a it was a it was a it felt like a very South African game and a very Argentinian game at the same time. That, mm. I don't know. Your standout performers from the Argentinian side, who would you have to pick? I mean, like, I honestly thought their bench did, did amazingly well. Um, the props yeah. came on and, and gave the Springbok scrum uh, some some troubles, which was which was pretty pleasing. Um, yeah. I like that man, Juan Montin Gonzalez. He's, um, mm -hmm. he's a very athletic chap, and uh, I think he gets about the puck really well. He just runs hard all day long. Like, I have always respect for the guys who you just always see them, like, running, even when yeah. there's even when nothing comes of it, so it doesn't become like a highlight real moment. Like there's one where Boffelli kicks loose ball through and like Khaleesi chases back and taps it on him or Creel. But um, like Gonzalez was the first Argentinian guy arriving. He's their loose force. Yeah. Like he was just like going to run hard just in case, just in case. Because yeah. sometimes there's that one in a hundred time when the guy will miss it and you'll get an opportunity. So I, I love that about him. 
Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And that's what you um that's what you want from any player at any time. I think that's one of those things that coaches look for. Like, are they running hard for the ball, even when something's not on? Because when you are that guy who's trying to get there a yard and a half before anybody else, when the ball does, you know, when something unexpected does happen, you're the man there to actually take advantage of it. So, um, yeah, yeah, he did really seem to be that sort of player. So, yeah, how old is he? Is he pretty young? He's in his early 20s, I think. I want to say he's less than 25. So Good prospect, yeah. eh? Yeah, he's still got a wee bit of a wee bit of a career about him. Um, mm. How about for you? Any any South Africans or Argentinians that you thought apart from Malcolm Marks? Um, no, for for me, oh, the main thing that I kept on just focusing on throughout that game was um, just the lack of cohesion, really, in in the in the Argentinian squad. You know, in that back line, I'd love to see. Like, it's so frustrating. It must be so frustrating as a fan to be um to see like they're actually making opportunities they're creating three on twos or two on ones quite often but without being able just to get that last pass to click Mm. and it's so close to being there if they can get that really simple but really crucial part of the game right i think there's still a lot of improvement left in that squad so i don't think you should be um absolutely throwing the baby out with the bathwater and being devastated by if you're an argentinian fan but um, I, I still, it must be absolutely maddening as, as, a, as a fan, to be fair. Can you see them going to Durban this week and getting the win just to throw a spanner in the works? Yes. I can, the, the, way, the reason I say yes, it's probably not going to happen, but can I see it? Yes. Mm. Uh, just the very nature of this, the rugby championship this year. All the games have just been up and down, these massive swings and roundabouts. Like, the two of the two games, obviously the South African one was far more dom- dominant, but you know, 20 minutes to go, the game was still completely all there to play for, and there was massive mm. swings and momentum. So I think in this um rugby championship, all bets are off. You know, anything can happen at this stage. So um, and the fact that the South Africans may be tempted to play something that's not natural to their own style, like just play a little bit more expansive just with the bonus point and the points differential in mind, that could, and that could potentially be to the benefit of the Argentinians. So um, yeah, I can see it happening. I can see it happening. Hopefully it's going to be a cracker of a game. I can't remember actually the, I'm I'm assuming the New Zealand game is first. I can't actually remember the fixtures list. It's it's usually first just because of the time zones, but they should know what their job is, right? Yeah, exactly. So they, the biggest the, the South Africans will be really really hoping that the Australians get up obviously ideally um, for them but otherwise if if not then they need it to be close yeah and that the All Blacks have already got a, a what is it, like 20 point yeah margin, that, 50, that 50 point win that they got against the Argentinians is proving to be pretty crucial so yeah, if the uh, if the New Zealanders can continue that incredible winning record at, at the at Eden Park since 1994 it's going to be yeah that'll be the exciting thing the equation will be there for everyone to see they'll be like okay they need a bonus point and they need to win by freaking 32 points something like that it could be something like that well i guess we better talk about australia and new zealand because um that game i figure that there's two kind of key incidents in that game we can we can save for the end but yeah the, the game itself was I mean, if you take all the controversy aside, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like a perfect game of rugby. It was it was pretty entertaining. I love back and forward, lead oh, changes, you know, like final oh, 10 minutes, edge of your seat. I've only just watched it again because the right. first time I watched it, I um, was at a, a work event in the hockey anger of all places. And oh. I was basically just buying clients lots and lots of alcohol, essentially. Um, and I was trying to watch the rugby, chatting the rugby, chatting to clients about different stuff. Um, and but I, I was thinking about it yesterday. I was like, do I need to watch this before the podcast? And I was like, I couldn't really. Re- it, was, it was so patchy my memory of the game. I can remember the big event at the end, which I'm sure we we're about to talk about. But actually, just watching it, you know, in the last 24 hours, it really had shades of that 2000 game at Sydney at, at Olympic Stadium where the All Blacks got off to like a 20-point win within like t- a 20-point lead within um, 10 minutes and then the Wallabies just came storming back into it. I, I love that, those sort of games. And these two sides seem to do that to each other with these massive swings and roundabouts. And um, 
uh, there was a point in that game uh, in the second half where we were up 31-13 or something like that. Was that right? 31-30, something like that. Um, and I thought, oh, and there's a little bit of sympathy for me to, from going to Australia. I never thought I'd say that, but I thought, for whatever reason, the All Blacks just saved their best performances for mm. Australia. I was like, those poor buggers. And then I just to continued to, and then it was, it was time for shots. And it was all on from there, basically, at the bar. And then before I knew it, I was like, holy crap, we're going to lose this. Um, yeah. So, but it was an amazing fight back. Um, Callaway played incredibly well. Foley, we're going to talk about what he did. He got um, absolutely skinned by Moanga for Moanga's try, but he actually played bloody well. He did that little forward pass to Callaway for that other try as well, which was pretty sweet. Um, which they didn't check, which I, that was a little bit of a controversial moment as well, actually. Um, they took the kick before they could even check it. Um, fair play to them. But no, just a classic Bledisloe Cup game. Really, really classic. And it's just a shame that we're talking more about the referee than we are about the actual game itself. Because it it, it should be one of those games that goes down in the annals as a, as a classic. But it's going to go down in the annals as uh, one of the most controversial calls of all time, unfortunately. What do you want? What were you Luckily for Ian Foster, like nobody's talking about the fact that, bro, you had this game in an absolutely winning position. Your team could potentially storm ahead and, um, you know, potentially almost claim the, the rugby championship by going to get this bonus point win. And you almost lose the thing. Like nobody's yeah. really talking about that because it's all focused on the referee. Oh, imagine. Like he'd be so under the pump if that call didn't get made right now. And for me, like... They were absolutely just play, play after play in that, in that last 20 minutes. They were just absolutely peeling us and skinning us out wide. Like our defensive structures, I know Geordie came into second five, and I'm not sure if that had much to do with it. But we were just getting absolutely routed on the edges for, you know, for for that Will period. Jordan, came back into tackles and like guys out of position. It was all but sixes and sevens, wasn't it? Will, Will Jordan fell off Pete Samu, yeah? I oh, and multiple others. I think he missed five all up. I was trying to watch him because I was—I know people were giving him a bit of grief. He did make some good tackles out there as well. Yeah, I think he—I think his stats have got him making eight, missing five. Yeah, right. You're missing five tackles. That's not good. That's a That's lot for one game. But that try that he scored with Bodie's chip over—that was oh, chef's kiss. A real peach. That's an ass puckerer. You know, like when I watched that, my asshole pucket went. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot of those guys. Did, had that kind of performance. Like did you, you mentioned, Callaway. I think I said it in the. I did a team of the week yesterday. Like Callaway scored a couple of beauties. He blew one where it's just like, wow. for God's sake, man, pass the ball. Rico puts in a great try saver. Um, oh, like you said he got did he put in, Did he really put in a good try saver? That, that try, I've never seen somebody hold themselves up. And that's essentially what he did. Like, because I watched it and they were talking, Rico, what a try. Rico just makes your standard tackle. He doesn't have his arm under the ball or anything like that. Obviously, Callaway goes out to do the big, um, you know, the Superman to go down. But as he goes down, his arm hits the ground and then pushes in. And then the moment where the ball should be hitting the ground, his hand is under the, his, his leaning hand is under the ball. He holds himself up. Well, plus, I'm Rico. Never, plus Rico. Yeah, Rico. It's just Rico just made your kind of standard covering tackle like, around there. I think. Yeah, I, I think you know he did well. He did well to make that space because that should have been a try all day. But either way, Kelly should finish that one all day long. Yeah, I think he. I, he must have assumed he scored it because it's like how how could he not? Like mm. anyway, yeah, that was that was a big moment. But then they, I've seen people saying, "Oh, what would have been if he scored it?" But then what was it? Um, Valentini scored very very. Uh, quickly after, didn't he? Yeah, it's, it's one of those ones where you can't really look back at it and go, well, what if we'd scored it? What would have happened? Because then everything else down the line changes, right? So, I, Yeah, I was a little bit perplexed when I saw the team sheet originally that McWright wasn't playing, mm -hmm. uh, wasn't wasn't starting. But I actually thought for those first 15 minutes, I know that when they came back to 10 all and all that sort of thing, um, uh, that loose trio of uh, Valentini, um, Fulatel, Fulatel, um and Pete Samu, looked really dynamic big 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 men big ball carriers and uh i want to say am i getting the name right the fella Leota, i think this guy you're thinking of the big six well, no, Leota, yeah sorry not fella Le leota 
um, who unfortunately got a terrible injury in that game. He was actually looking really, really good um, for the period that he came on. And then he got quickly replaced by thug of all thugs. What a prick. Absolute dipshizer. Oh, look, uh, really, really unimpressed by what this bloke did. Darcy Swain, when he's not pulling hairs, he's, he, he's, um, he's breaking knees. Like, that was some thugger shit. Yeah, man, that's, like, we see a lot of cards in rugby these days, but I feel like 90-plus percent of them is just guys getting the technique wrong, and, like, the commentators always talk about, well, there's no intent yeah. there, and it doesn't really matter, but this yeah. is one where, like, the intent was absolutely there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, you know, I actually listened to Rennie afterwards and he said that he was just cleaning out of a ruck and got it slightly wrong, you know. I don't buy it. I guess, like, let's play devil's advocate. I'll play devil's advocate for him. Um, You know, he's just looking to clean out a ruck. You're basically looking for any part of the body that you can kind of um, get leverage on. But the way the angle, oh, I've just talked myself out of it immediately. The angle that he goes in, the fact he wraps his arm around that person's knee and pushes in, it's some straight yeah, thuggery. There's no way that's, I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, like, it's interesting. Like, the way controversial decisions generally work in rugby is that two people will see the exact same incident, like the one we're about to talk about with the foley yeah. and the referee thing, and people can have totally different views on it. Whereas I feel like the majority of people are like, that guy's a piece of shit who went to try and injure that guy. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, very yeah. few people are arguing that no, no, that was a legit attempt to clean out. And sadly, yeah. he's got a bit of a record for it. Like, I don't mind guys who kind of have the enforcer role. They beat a tough guy. Like he got sent off for like a headbutt in um in the yeah. series, but it wasn't like a full-on headbutt. It was more one of those ones with he was getting his hair pulled by uh, Johnny Hill, wasn't it? Yeah. So it was one of those ones, but um yeah, I don't mind that, but this, like, you could end a guy's career, man. Like, that's, yeah. that's not right. That's he's turning, he's quickly turning into the uh, Australian version of Lavanini, basically. Lavanini's a shocker of that sort of crap. Lavanini's at least cleaned his act up. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, mm. I'm getting back the, um, you know, the respect factor for that man. But yeah, he's, you're, um, you're the leader of the Lavanini fan club, basically. Yeah, yeah pretty much. I picked him <laughs> in my team of the week multiple weeks at the start of the competition. Oh, wow. I'm loving Big Thomas Lovanini when he's playing clean. Like, I don't mind yeah. playing hard, but you, you can't be doing that, man. That's nah. Yeah. But overall, there was a lot of carnage in that game. Obviously, um, Tupai, uh, um, uh, I keep, why I keep, I keep wanting to say, David Harbilly goes Harbilly. off. Sam, Sam Kane goes off. Rob Leona goes, goes off. Like, there's a big injury ward from that game. Slipper went off as well. Um, yeah, it's it's gonna and just on the all black side of things, you know, is this RTS's shot now that they lost it to you actually? Yeah, the all blacks yeah. midfield is looking rather depleted. With um, you know, we've got no ALB, we've got no good Hugh, and now we lose two player and Harvey in one game. <laughs> this finally could be the moment for RTS. I reckon uh, it'll be Jordy Barrett, probably poor bugger. Like, but you reckon they've got to have him on the bench then, at least. Surely, you've got to bring him into the squad at least, right? He's been playing in the NPC, so he's been, he's been looking all right. Have you watched him in the NPC? Yeah, 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 he's been looking, he's been looking decent, man. So, every game is looking a bit better. I'm worried about his ear. Did you see his ear in the game? He played Tasman on the weekend, and no, I didn't just see the Tasman game. And he had blood streaming out his ear, and they wrapped it up, and it looked like he had perforated an eardrum. Like, there was so much blood there. Like, there's been nothing come out in the media or anything like that. Right. But if, if there is, you heard it here first. Like, okay. it just looked it looked dodgy. Okay. Looked dodgy. Speaking of the NPC, just quickly, Wellington. Take the shield. Stick that up, you magpie butts. Uh, anyway, for those of you who don't watch the NPC, which I guarantee, which is probably 98% of your viewers, wouldn't they? Probably. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, that's exciting. Um, but you reckon it's going to be Geordie? I reckon. If um, I had to put money on it, like, I mean, the Springboks, just to touch back on that one with their number 10 crisis, they haven't called anyone else up, so it'll probably be Franz Stein because he yeah. came off the bench and filled in there. And then uh, for the All Black side, I reckon they go with Geordie and potentially call up. Um, or is Enor still in the squad? He could um, jump on the bench as well, I guess, potentially. Mm. Who are they going to put at fullback? They put um, Bodie at fullback then. Either Bodie or Will Jordan. I'd love to see Will Jordan get a game at fullback, oh, to be honest. 
Yeah, so would I. And you know what I was thinking about as well? Like, I don't think um, uh, RTS has got the kicking game for it. But my God, he's made a career of being one of the best in the NRL under the high ball, like right. a, a freak under the high ball. So it'd be interesting to see if they could utilize him back there at any stage and attacking from the back as well. He was absolutely freakish during his sure. career in the NRL. So sure. I don't know if that's in the back of anyone's minds or anything like that, because I'd love to see him attack from the back because that's what that's what his bread and butter was in the NRL. Yeah. Well, you can set up your team to kind of accommodate for that kind of weakness. Like Israel Folau never had a very good kicking game, so they would no. kind of, you know, shift them around so he wouldn't have to kick if he didn't have to, you know what I mean? Like occasionally yeah. he did, but you can see why he didn't make it in the AFL with his boot. But um, Old Sparkles. Yeah. There he is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got a bit of grief about that one. I did. You did. Yeah, well, bring it. <laughs> now we can't not talk about it man uh, <sighs> the call matthew right yeah. now that forward pass i know i know the fact that he didn't pull. it seems to be pretty much a divided black and white thing of oh sorry 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 i thought you were talking about the forward pass for the callaway try oh you want to talk about the forward no, pass? no 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 that was just um, it's it's really gone black and white where it's like either the ref is an absolute shithead who Basically, as some form of conspiracy has uh, gifted the All Blacks the game, or mm. if not quite to that level, at least he's um, he's a bit egotistical and making it all about himself. Mm. Or Bernard Foley is just a time-wasting idiot who got busted and it serves him right. A little col a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, a little bit of column C, a little bit of column D, I think there. I think um, there was a – I keep s switching my view on this. I can't – like if I was an Australian, I've got to be honest, I'd be steamed. I'd be like, yeah. I've never seen that call before. To make that call in such a huge moment that you never see speaks more to the French ego. The other thing I've never seen in a game of rugby is I've never seen um, players around a kicker going, kick the ball, you kick it, kick it. Like they've seen, they must have got a feel on the on the ground that he had taken the piss to the nth degree and that there was a infringement impending. Like if a, if a player, if the entire backline basically be yelling at him to kick the dang ball. And I, I know that there's been a lot of things coming out on social media where they're just playing it without the commentary and they're just playing it. And he does. He says, he says kick, now play, now play. And then he stops the ball. He says, okay, I've just stopped it. I'm going to start again now, but if you, you need to kick now. And he doesn't. So does he take the piss to the point where he just crossed the line? Yeah, probably. Should the ref of re really have made that call in like the 78th minute of a game? Probably not. Like, um, I, I wouldn't, I, I'd like to see calls like that made when it wasn't, when it's not such a big thing. But I think potentially the reason why he was taking so much time was he knew that they were going to have to kill a few phases. So the more time you take there, the less phases you're going to have to kill and the more likely you're going to actually have to win that game. But it all came down to that moment because, you know, it, the game wasn't won at that stage by the um, by the Wallabies. There is a there's a decent enough chance as there is in any line out that they don't get the they don't get the the line out that the All Blacks managed to get a turnover there, and then we get you know a frantic sixty seconds or however long it goes in the phases, but. Um, for it all just to come down to Reynolds' call and for it to be the major talking point is a bit of a shame. I would be absolutely steamed if I was, if I was in Australia. Foley really did screw the pooch as well. At the same time, he really needed to kick that ball just purely on the evidence that the players around him were also screaming at him. They got a feel for it. So it was just a, a, a real shame in a, in a lot of different ways. Um and I think probably if I had to – I feel like I'm just talking around the issue. Yeah, I, I keep just thinking about it as an Australian, which I'm not. Right. Um, that, yeah, it, it, it was a real shame. I don't know. What were your feelings around it? Right call or wrong call? I do feel like I mean, <coughs> every ref has their own way of managing the game. And I yeah. went back to have a look at some of the earlier times when he was hurrying up Bernard Foley. 
And mm. he basically just uses one phrase, which is we play. Like we play. Yeah. We play. Which I mean, yeah, if you've if you've got your wits about you and you're a you know a veteran rugby player, professional, mm. you should know that you're being hurried up. But also I feel like the best refs, maybe not the best refs, but there's a way to manage the game where you you keep that. Like it shouldn't come as a surprise. You know what I mean? I mean, mm. maybe like you said, half the back line knew what was coming. So maybe mm. it can be seen as, no, this is not a surprise. If you didn't see this coming, you're a fool. But all this is, like in like 30-odd minutes or whatever, when he's giving him that first warning for, for wasting time, in one of the many stoppages, it's a, Bernard, you're taking the piss with these kicks. Yeah, I need you to be faster. If you're not, I'm going to free kick you. Because this is not a call that, like you said, ever gets made. Yeah. If you're going to make a call, it'd be like if, if a scrum half got pinged in the same situation for not feeding the scrum straight, you'd be yeah. like, holy shit, this, the ref was actually watching that. Yeah. Like yeah. if if you saw it in like 20 minutes and the, the scrum half fed it as crooked as a dog's hind leg and the ref yeah. said to him, mate, if you if I see you doing it that badly again or if I see yeah. you doing that again, I'm going to free kick you, then the yeah. warning is there. You know what I mean? I feel like there needs to be that flow and good referees and good captains do it as well, right? If they feel like mm. there's something they're not happy with, They'll bring it up to the ref in one of the many, you know, time off or like, you know, walking to a line out or, you know, waiting for something, water break, whatever it is. I mm. feel like there needs to be that extra level of communications. I don't think it should yeah. come as a surprise. And it seems like right now after the game kind of said to Nick White, I haven't actually seen it. I've only seen the transcript of it, but um, like Nick White's giving him a hard time. Yeah. And um, he says something like, well, you didn't think I would call a scrum, did you? That like hints a little bit to the ego, like, Seriously, I, I think if you're going to award that thing, which never gets awarded, a little bit of management leading up to it, I think is, uh, I don't know, it, it should be there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the um, key indicators of a great referee is that ability to communicate, to be able to put those sort of safety barriers in place before that big call is actually made going, hey, yeah. uniform. We're still all the time, right? Like sometimes someone's slowing the ball down and they'll have that conversation like hands away seven. And then the next time there's a stoppage, they'll say, if you keep doing that, I'm going to ping you or like they'll speak to the captain guys, make sure you guys are, uh, are staying on side when you're kicking up, make sure your wingers are staying on side because you know, they're getting close. Like just that kind of game management, which is ongoing throughout the game. Yeah. I think helps that. I'm not saying that like absolves Foley from any responsibility because as you said, clearly Half the back line knew what, what was up. The Fords were doing their huddle, so he seemed to be looking mm. at them. But, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah and I, don't like, think, I don't think either party walks away from this looking looking rosy, personally. No, 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 they don't. And, um, yeah, it's just, as I said before, it's just a real shame because it was such a cracking game, a really, really good game of rugby that was – you know, that's going to be the moment that everybody talks about. They're not going to talk about the massive comeback from the Wallabies. They're not going to talk about the electric tries from, you know, Will Jordan. That try from that chip over the top, that was uh, – well, the Jordan way he caught that. Will with Jordan, 1-2 with Corin Birdie. Like, that was a crack. And then the yeah. conversion from the sideline. Foley played incredibly – played really well in that game, especially yeah. considering he hadn't played in three years for the Wallabies. I that's thought right. he was quite remarkable. What the hell is going on with Nick White's legs, by the way? Uh, he's always look, been a bit bow-legged. I never really noticed it to that extent. My God. Looks like he's trying to, I don't know, at some point, like he, um, you know, shat out like a ostrich egg or something. And it's, it's Liam Williams from Wales is a bit like that. I don't know. It must be a medical thing. I guess some people are just, you're, uh, you're offending everyone who's bow-legged now. I apologize to my bow-legged friends out there. My apologies. Next yeah. time you, someone's yeah. picking up a contact lens off the ground and you're giving them shit about it, me as the four-eyed community, I'm going to get very mad at you. <laughs> do, you do people give you grief about your glasses? I don't think so. That's not really a thing. In the, I think in the old days when, when people had glasses and they were freaking Coke bottles that you used to have on your face, people would get grief about having mm. glasses. You know, yeah. now, they're, now they're a fashion accessory more than anything Maybe. else, aren't they? Some yeah. people wear them with just like plain, no, not even prescription lenses, just like glass, just because they want to wear glasses. Or no, it makes them look intelligent. Yeah, basically. makes them look intelligent. Make yeah, maybe I should. I need anything to make me look intelligent because right now I, I, I look like I'm stoned as a mother. Really, don't I? That's the COVID that's, effect. Hey, that's the COVID effect. 
So is this decision, if the Aussies, because apparently they're going to lodge a complaint about it, they're obviously feeling pretty hard done by. Why? Gonna... Well, you're going to, you can't, I don't, I thought that was silly. I was like, you're going to lodge a complaint about a referee following the, I like, yeah, it's, it's tough and maybe not in the spirit of the game for that moment, but what, you're lodging a complaint against the rules yeah. of rugby? Like when you're playing yeah. a game of rugby, I thought that was a bit silly. Like, yeah. sure, you feel miffed and feel hard done by, but. I don't think world rugby's got a really, really good rebuttal to that going, oh, that's the rules. What are you going to do? You know, it had a bit of a man cat feel to it. Do you know what a man cat is? No. So cricket, when, you know, when oh, somebody. The, the, when you, where you hit the, the, the thing back after you bowled the ball. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. Which is technically you can do it, but it's against yes. the spirit of the game. So, yes. yeah, I think the you had a bit of that. Usually will um, like give one warning, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, they give a heaps of like it's really it's a massive hoopla if somebody actually gets a man cat and they appeal and they give it out. It happens once in a blue moon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. but that's actually more on the players to be managed. This that's as if um the All Blacks went to the referee and said, "No, no, no, let's let's not get the infringement there. That's against the spirit of the game." So, which is not going to happen. Never going to happen. Know? I mean, I guess one thing we should add is that, like you said. Like the game wouldn't have been guaranteed to be won if Foley had been allowed to complete his kick for touch. The game right. was also not necessarily lost at that five meter scrub. They had an opportunity to keep them out. They had yeah. an opportunity to stop them, but they didn't. So no, they didn't. I mean, it was an old opportunity, but still, it wasn't. And that last pass in the game, and he gives a penalty literally in front of the post. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. And Will Jordan did bloody well there as well. I know we, mm. everyone's giving him grief, but he. Um, steps the man and then also draws the last defender and, and gets the ball out to Geordie there. That's um, right. And you know, I think people are being a bit harsh on old um, Will, Will McJordan pants. Uh, that's one of those games where you do some stuff which is fantastic and then you got some mistakes. Nobody's game yeah. is perfect unless you're Malcolm Marks, I guess. Even he got pinged at scrum time. So, yeah. but yeah, I was going to say, does this like adversity? fire the Aussies up for a famous win at Eden Park first time in goodness knows how many years, like since the 80s. I think it's your best chance to get the All Blacks at Eden Park. I think, and that's the, what they've got to play for. They've got to play for the fact that this is history. Like, the TR, the rugby championships go on, the Bledisloe's gone for another year, um, and they've, but they've got this massive shot at history against an erratic All Black team and an All Black team that they know they can put points on. Um, so, yeah, I think in terms of a one-off occasion, this could be pretty special. Um, and, yeah, I think you, you've got to give them a good shout. But it, on the other hand, it's the All Blacks at Eden Park. It's maybe the biggest challenge in world rugby. Um, the chances are that they win. I am, I've got a ticket to that game. Um, are you allowed to I'm, go with your COVID? I'm out of isolation on Friday. Well, on Friday. Well, I okay. got my positive test on Saturday. But I can, oh, there we go. I got my positive test on Saturday, but um, I had symptoms on Thursday and Friday. So mm. I think technically okay, I'm going to play it by ear. I'm, I, I'm not 100% sure on what I'm going to do. See how you're feeling, I guess. Yeah, yeah. If I'm second, I won't go. Yeah. Little ASMR going on here. I'm pouring water. Can you hear that? I can. Mm. I hope the listeners enjoyed that. I hope they did. Yeah, so, but anyway. Well, Favorites, you'd still have to say for the rugby championship with one game to go. It's hard to say they're not favorites, Eden Park. You just, even if they were on a losing record, you'd have to say they're still favorites, Eden Park. You yeah. know, the one game we played against the Irish, that was the only game that we looked dominant in. That's true. Mm. Even then, it was only dominant for like 15 minutes, though. But anyway, I mean, I guess if the All Blacks lose that Melbourne game, that maybe fires them up for Eden Park. Is there a, a potential chance that the All Blacks having the highs of that Melbourne game are going into it a bit underdone. I don't know. But potentially that they, they had this massive adrenaline dump when they got across the line. They only really looked good for a couple of periods in that game. The start of the first half and the start of the second half, they looked, mm. they did that all black thing where they just looked like the world's best team for 15 minutes and put on, you know, a lot of points. I think when the Aussies had cards, eh? like at least one, the Tokyo second was when they had a card. Hmm. I feel like we scored. I'll have to go back and check the timings, but I feel like we scored when they had guys in the bin. So, honestly, that game didn't make me feel any better about Foster. Like, 
imagine the heat he'd be taking if Reynal, um, you know, did what 99.9% of other referees did and just said, kick the ball, kick the ball, and just waited for him to kick the ball. Um, mm. And they, you know, in all likelihood, take take him to a ruck, do a couple of uh, one-off runs off, off the ruck, and they kick it out and, you know, get a famous victory. Oh, the chat. The chat would be intense again, yeah. you know. But it's it's not. And everybody, nobody's talking about Ian Foster and the fact well, that... Well, they are talking about him a little bit because... And the press conference, he was just like, yep, ref was clear as crystal clear. Yeah, <laughs> he told him to hurry yeah. up. He was wasting time, basically. Yeah, well... Then they asked Sam, what, just, Sam, have you ever seen that? And he's just kind of like, no, I have never seen that happen before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought I felt like that just um, invalidated him a little bit. Not Sam Whitelock, but Fozzie. But then on the other hand, Dave Rennie saying that um, Darcy Swain's clean outs was, was just accidental. Yeah, they're both a bit disingenuous, though. Yeah, absolutely. A couple of former Chiefs um, coaches talking out their asses, basically. Right. I blame the Waikato. Definitely. Still the yeah. cowbell. When in doubt, when in doubt, blame Hamilton. What I say. <laughs> That's what New Zealanders tend to do. I thought about <laughs> moving there for a while, but then didn't. Why would have you moved to Hamilton? Because the house prices. Were you like, or were you just like interested in getting chlamydia, something like that? House prices. Not chlamydia. Just for um, for those outside New Zealand, uh, Hamilton is the STD capital of New Zealand. Is it still? I feel like it was replaced by somewhere else in the North Island. Oh, really? Like maybe Napier? I don't know. You know, speaking of places in the North Island, I was in Hokianga to watch that game. You know Hokianga? Four hours north of Auckland. It's Mm. right up there. Right up. Beautiful. Just stunning. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. The North is always pretty nice. Yeah, North is weird. You drive through these towns that are like are stuck in 1982, but you're then you go to in you know some abject poverty around there, but then you go to these incredibly beautiful spots at the same time. It's it's a yeah. weird place. Any video rental stores up there? Like a United Video type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't spot any, like but it's a good question. There. Good question. You reckon they're still um well I just are... remember it was a couple of years ago now. It would have been two years ago, maybe one year. Yeah, the twenty 20- 20, I think I was driving through. Well, when was our first big lockdown? Is it 2021 or 20? No, it was 2020, wasn't it? 2020, yeah. Yeah, COVID first big lockdown. Yeah. I had to, I was in the South Island on holiday, and then Jacinda said there's a lockdown. So I had to make a beeline for any flight that I could get. And it ended up being my missus ended up leaving from Mbicargo, and I ended up leaving from Dunedin because we couldn't get tickets on the same flight. So I drove through Gore, and Gore still had a, either United Video or Blockbuster. And I was like, ah. Haven't seen one of those in a while. How about that, eh? How about that? Gore, um, funny fun fact about Gore, the homosexual capital of New Zealand. Gore. Gay man's gore. <laughs> I'm Gay pretty sure that's a quote from that episode of whatever whatever it was. It was from um it was from Have a Good News Boy. Have and then they boy. they said that and then they got they got they so much allowed, hate mail. They got so much hate mail, they weren't allowed more the hate than I usually get in my comment section. They uh they yeah, they weren't allowed back in the town just for saying because they were just going through like no name towns in New Zealand trying to come up with silly things to say about them, and, yeah. and they just said homosexual capital in New yeah. Zealand. I'm, I'm pretty sure "gay man score" is a word for word quote from that episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, look it up on YouTube, somebody. Yeah, it's worth never look. Did you um? Did you watch any other rugby at the weekend? I did. I watched one. Oh, well, I watched a little bit of NPC. I watched the um, the Ranfurly Shield game. If there's a Shield right. game on, I try and catch that. And that was actually really, really exciting to watch Hawks Bay versus Wellington. Yeah. Uh, Wellington almost really screwed the poach at the end of the game. They had a chance to go to a ten point uh, ten point lead. They had a kick right in front. The young replacement number ten shanked it from right oh. in front, which you don't see. And then it was all to play for at the end, and they they managed to hold them out on their line. It was very dramatic, very exciting. But Alice probably didn't watch that. But I did watch Harlequins uh, versus Saracens. And I watched some Northern Hemisphere Club rugby. I did, mate. There's two weekends in a row because I said, well, you know, we're doing this podcast. I want to get more familiar with it. Harlequins are meant to be my team in the Premiership. And I did very much enjoy watching them. And I felt really good about watching that game because I watched the week before I watched the Leicester Tigers versus the Wasps. Um, Was it the Wasps? 
Exeter, sorry. And that and, one was, uh, I watched that as well. That game was setting all kinds of records for kicks from hand. It was 100 plus. Oh my God, I wanted to shoot myself in the face watching that game. Like, I know that probably if you put rugby into an algorithm and they said appropriate times to kick, they would probably say kick it at all times when you're not in the opponent's 22. Like, maybe the algorithm would say that. But my, and that's how the, like, um, Leicester were playing it. They were just kicking and kicking. And it was like professional force back. And it was just so boring. I know probably technically it was the right thing to do, but God, it was, it was, I don't want a money close finish, which was the kind I of had a close finish, but geez. The other exciting thing about what that game was the fact that, what the hell? Jimmy Gopeth is still playing? Like, <laughs> how? He's our age. He's actually our age. And you know what was interesting, though? Um, it was during that weekend where they were like, do we play during the weekend after the Queen had just passed away? But um, it was just the second time Jimmy Gopeth has actually been in that situation because he is actually playing um, in the weekend when the King passed away 70 years ago. So, like, he, him having to go through that again, that's... that's tough on a, him. Very tough. tough. That oh. was a weird one because, like... The organizers of that competition, I think, were under a bit of pressure to postpone some games. But, like, mm. some of them they postponed by, like, a day. Yeah. Like, I don't really get the point. I would have thought you can the games or you go ahead and do the moment silence and do the tribute. Yeah, but I, I don't, like, going I don't back really... one day, I don't really see what purpose that serves other than to just disrupt everyone's plans. I know it's like, well, this is a once-in-a-70-year thing, but I just feel like, pick that one or that one but down the middle just seemed to just didn't seem to suit anybody imagine all the all the staff that have to work at that game oh. or you know people who've made plans i don't know like i said it's it's a once in yeah. a generation thing but still yeah absolutely but like i think when you're in like i was in the uk for the golden and the silver jubilees and okay. the royal family and all that sort of thing is just ginormous over there and you can right. feel how important it is to the people but the, the reason it's so important to the people is because it, on those jubilees where i'd go to all these fates and stuff but it brings all the people together and right. like people celebrate together under like the a, a common cause and okay. you know the queen just happens to be the head of it and i think sport does the same thing though it brings people mm. together and i felt like it was actually really nice to see that game actually being played but by yeah. god it was boring but the reason it was um i re it was really enjoyable to watch the quins versus um uh saracens was yeah. that was not boring and i've I was seen thinking, the first half so far i need to finish it off today but it seems pretty mental oh it was amazing and i was really worried like i was like oh you know because in new zealand we have these preconceived notions of northern U hemisphere rugby that it's really boring that's and then you scary. watch that first game which is like the one that's 100 plus kicks. Oh, yeah i watched that first one i was like oh god i'd rather be watching bloody massy take on north harbour marist right now because <laughs> that would be more you know, like that's lower than NPC level for anybody out there. Like, because it was just so, and I was like, oh, what am I getting myself into? I'm going to have to watch endless amounts of these absolute kickathons. <laughs> Somebody shoot me in the nuts right now. So then I was like, this weekend, I was begrudgingly watching, you know, the Harlequins versus Saracens. I was like, oh, jeez, here they come again. Saracens a bit of a risky one as well because they are also known to be partial to a uh, a wee kickathon. But, but it was a hell. Of, it was a hell of a game. It was a hell of a game. It was a great game. The, the Quins got off to an absolute fly. Got seventeen points on the board immediately. Played in beautiful sunshine, which was yeah. great to see. You know, we're we're just coming out of our winter now, so just to see a bit of sun on the back, some people enjoying it, and that sort of thing was great. Um, and they played for the conditions. They played some really great running rugby. Um, the Harlequins, uh, I think uh, Saracens were coming off uh, the bye in the first week, which I always think is a pretty big disadvantage to yeah. get the bye in the, the first week. Range. And they had a bit of rust uh, to start with and were just caught on the hop, just weren't really, didn't have their heads in the game. And, and Saracens were able to really, no, no, Quins were really able to um, make the most out of that. But there's so much class in that Saracens team, man. Like, Atoje, oh. Yeah. That's, if someone said to me, describe Atoje as a player, I couldn't describe him. I'd just have to make that noise. Oh, you know. <laughs> he's such a freak. He's just yeah. an absolute tank of a defender out there. He's Amazing. There, right? um, dominant in the line out. Just an absolute, I remember watching him in that semi-final against 
um, England, against uh, New Zealand back in 2019, going, this guy's the best player in the world. And yeah. I've said that about three players in this one podcast already today. But he's he's world, world, world class. He's like, a freak of an athlete, that's for really, sure. Yeah, really is. And, you know, Farrell was in that team, and there's a lot of yeah. other class players. Um, Billy Funapola, um boy, oh boy, he's a he's a he's a unit. He's a big unit. Yeah, good and he's an he's a really, really good player with ball in hand as well. And he, Tom Brandt for the Quinns guys, they're number eight. He's also he's yeah. also a pretty useful guy. Those guys are kind of head to head for kind of England contention. Yeah. Going into and, the World um, Cup. And I was and I really enjoyed the way the Quinns play the game. They um they really just didn't once the Saracens got on top, they really kind of failed to to throw a punch at the end. They had one penalty at the end that could have potentially swung the game, but they just couldn't win the line out off that. And right. it was a bit of a shame to see them limp out of the game. But overall, a really high quality game of rugby and yeah. restored my faith in Northern Hemisphere rugby. For, nice. You know, which was good. Nice. Yeah, I've seen half of that one. I watched a bit of the old URC, which is in a, the broadcast arrangement for that competition here sucks because half of it's on Spark and the other half is on the URC's own in-house streaming platform. So uh, you're gonna, it's not on, you're gonna basically say, it's not on Sky, which has all the games. So did you, I'm thinking you watched the premiership on Sky? I watched it on Sky, but then I was looking for the UR, because I do have Spark Sports, so you're going to have to let me know okay. where to go. I know you do a pretty good job of that on your channel. You actually right. let people go to Flow Rugby, everybody. Um, but That's where I watch the URC, because uh, really? you can, I'm, I'm VPNing onto the old Flow Rugby, but um, yeah. yeah, I watched a couple of those games, because the broadcast arrangement here is just unfortunate but yeah um cardiff i'm trying to think who's like the new zealand equivalent of cardiff but basically do you remember like a couple of years ago when the aussie teams were just absolute dog shy and super rugby and just couldn't beat the new zealand teams yeah cardiff's obviously a welsh team and then they played munster one of the irish teams your irish team and um they managed school, to get yeah. a win it's basically like the aussie teams from that time beating one of the kiwi teams because they were at home though but um yeah, they had Tulipe Falatau. He's a new signing for them. We're Welsh and uh, British and Irish lion. He played like a freak. So, um, yeah. I mean, Munster were without a fair few of their big guns. But, um, yeah, like you said, beautiful day in Cardiff. They had a good crowd because, like, the Welsh teams have been struggling for performances. Like, none of their teams made the knockout stages of the URC last season. They really struggled. But um, they had a good crowd, and they were treated to some, some good rugby. So that was pretty pleasing. But the opening game of the URC, which was on... I think Friday in mm. Italy was Benetton against um, Glasgow, which is just such a weird opener because Benetton, as one of the two Italian teams, they always get like a crowd, like an NPC level crowd. Like it's always right. a couple of thousand diehard fans because it's just not a big game over it's there. Like it just seems like such a weird way to open the competition. Like you want, I would have thought a, a big. Yeah, a rivalry mm. game, but I, I guess because some of the players are still on rest from like international duty, so they don't mm. want like the Leinster Munster kind of things going early. But it was just such a weird. I mean, it was a fun game to watch, but it was only a yeah. couple of thousand people there. It so, doesn't seem like much of a break from July from the July internationals for your top line players, does it? Yeah, yeah. it's it's pretty grueling up there. But um, yeah. yeah, like I said, I think like Munster had a bunch of their international guys either injured or resting, so I guess the teams manage them in their own ways. But yeah absolutely hey international rugby we just had a conversation about northern hemisphere rugby and i um i kept up sort of happy days yes happy days yes. you'll be able to see the south african teams on spark sport for the urc their well, they bulls, the bulls played in the weekend didn't they and i, I yeah the bulls game. play the lions i haven't seen the game but i know the bulls got a pretty decent one i think marcel could see a sport a nice try or something like that so mm. yeah all right, fantastic. Hey, look, well, look, thank you for doing this today and having to do it remotely. This isn't ideal for us. We feel like it's better when we're in person. It's nice to actually get together and actually um, have a beer. But today we had a couple of teas. It's yes. the old sense that we are, you know? Yes. And yes, after uh, this, I'm going to go um, sleep for another 12 hours. Yeah, I think. You've got some COVID recovery to do. I do have some COVID recovery. Hopefully next week we'll know the winner of the rugby championship and we can sit down and have a chat about that. Yeah. I'm sure we'll have watched some more rugby that's been going on because that's just tends to be what we do with our weekends, huh? Yeah, that's it, buddy. That's it. Rugby, the great game. The game that uh, 
takes up our time and deteriorates our relationships. <laughs> it's done nothing for trans Tasman relations. That's for sure. No, that's right. That's right. Oh dear. Okay. Quickly before we go, tell me your winners for the weekend. Oh, uh, I'm going to go with both the home sides. I yeah. can't see. I mean, like you said, I can see either the away sides, the Aussies or the Pumas getting a win, but I mean, we're talking, you know, pretty long odds. So yeah, I would say both the home sides to get wins. Um, yeah, there's been a few times when the Aussies have kind of had their tails up after a good performance in Australia and then they come mm. to Eden Park and just got them flogged. I think it was the the game after the, the time we lost at Perth when Scott Barrett got a red card. I went to the game the next week at Eden Park and we absolutely flogged them. So yeah, that that might happen. Um, but like like we talked about, there's a small possible the all uh, possibility the All Blacks have got like a wee hangover from um, mm. you know from from that last minute win where they're not quite up for it and the Aussies with their tails up. But realistically, if I'm putting money on it, it's going to be both the home sides. Yeah. I think you're right. I think um, you have to, you'd be a very brave man not to back the All Blacks in that game. But for whatever reason, it seems to have all the ingredients for the Wallabies to be the ones with real intent going to the game. I hope it's a cracker. I, I do not want either of those games to be, you know, like that Hamilton game against the Boomers. I, I don't want it to be like that. I want it to be an arm wrestle where, like, the South African game at the last minute, we're trying to find out whether they're going to win the rugby championship or something like yeah. that. That's yeah. what they, I mean, as as an ad for the competition, I think this year's one's been a pretty good, um, a pretty good ad. I mean, we've had enough yeah. in terms of upsets and um, you know comebacks and whatnot that it's been a pretty good ad because it's been a competition over the years which can be a little bit kind of same samey. But no, yeah. this year's I can't think of a single game that's just been a complete dunger. You know, this year, like I know we won by fifty points. That was the only game where it felt like okay, it was a foregone conclusion going into mm. the. You know, like with 30 minutes to go, you knew exactly who was going to win that game. Yeah. But every other game, it's been all there to play for and, and still with 10 minutes to go, not knowing which way it's going to go, which is what you want, especially as, a, 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 you know, it's been it's been the most exciting year to watch games that the All Blacks haven't been involved in. You know, sure. like sometimes it's very easy as a neutral just to go, oh, I'll just, I'll, I'll see the results, but you actually want to watch them because they've been playing yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been great. No, it's good for the competition. All right, champ. Fantastic. All right. We'll say goodbye to the people. You're the host. See you, people. And you, Tony, take care of yourself, man. I will. I will. Let us know what you think in the comments. Go subscribe to Two Cents Two Cents Rugby. And it's on Spotify and... Oh, yes. Tell them them right at the end. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. um, Google Podcasts. Podcasts. Lever. iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. Uh, and leave a rating if you can. And go subscribe to me too, you sax. I'm sorry I called you sax. I love you. All right. See ya. See you, team.